Good evening and welcome to the Weekender, one and all. Your weekly drop-in shop for uh, gaming tabletop news from across the industry. This week, Ben, Free and myself are joined by a wandering Justin. Hello, wandering Justin. Hello, I've wandered in. <laughs> How's Not life? Wimbledon way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, fine, I'm fine. Occasionally we let him out to do things. Most of the time he's just running the uh, the sweatshop of 3D printers. It's once in a while I'll slip the leash, you know, just go out, get a little bit of food, and then, you know, they'll they'll send the dog catcher after me. Yeah, it's, it's the way to go. Often you'll see uh, Shay running through the streets of Korean with one of those massive butterfly nets chasing after Justin. There's an image. Hold on a bit, Benny Hill. <laughs> anyway, before we dive into this week's show, uh, quick update. Missed Rourke's Drift. Somebody got COVID. Wasn't me. <laughs> Somebody is still suffering from COVID, hence the wandering Justin. Yeah. Uh, however, I've managed to wrangle one of our community members. Is that a ringer? So, uh, Justin uh, will be Not setting... Me. No, no, Justin will be setting it all up and running because, yeah. as we know, I am the tech guy. <laughs> uh, and then I'll be bringing in uh, Lord Sains uh, from the website, nice. St. Paul, as my Warren Light. Uh, <laughs> I just get him to stand closer to the camera. Did, did they'll fill about the same wish. volume. Yeah, <laughs> a wish version of Warren. Oh, that's, uh, oh. that's uh, I was going uh, for the other way and putting plus on the end of it with yeah. premium. But, you know... <laughs> No, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone and their mum's doing a plus version. Even Paramount is now doing Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they've got to bring the money in somehow, haven't they? Yeah. And they they've got to drag Lloyd into another streaming service with yes. the, the, the lure of Halo. So Yes, of course. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's one way of doing it. If you watch Halo, you just go back and watch the Book of Boba Fett last week. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> there was a I Halo with that. Started it. I still haven't oh, started um, it. Yeah, uh, well, right. we'll say nothing. So, we, yeah, we won't run it for you. However, uh, if you do fancy joining in um, on Saturday, we'll be mm-hmm. kicking off at one-ish ish, GMT. Ish, ish, ish. We're Irish. It will not be bang on one. <laughs> it will be ish. Uh, there will probably be chat that I may or may not be able to monitor. Yeah. Uh, which means lots of glasses on, glasses off, and then sneering. Um, but otherwise, you'll be able to see what my ridiculous Rogue Strift game looks like when set up. Yeah. Um, it is a really fun so, game. Uh, I enjoy it. I don't care about anybody else. This is this is often the way with games I run. As long as I'm enjoying myself, <laughs> I don't so, mind if my players are miserable. Hey, yeah. I mean, the, the last time you did run it down here, Jerry, it, you were kind of hurting cats because people would wander off to talk for a little bit when it wasn't their turn because we had like, what, 10 people playing? Yeah, something like that. So all- Even though they don't know when their turn is coming because it's random. Yeah. All of your Zulus are ready now. They're not injured anymore, no. No, everything, everybody was glued back together for last week. Oh, so there, yeah. there was no... Well, they've recovered from the Zulu massacre. Yes. I don't know if they've recovered from that. Uh, that, that was fairly brutal. I don't think anybody can. They just threw them living or dead into a mass pit uh, and then set fire to them. <laughs> the Zulu massacre was quite brutal. Um, but the, the ones I fell on, they're all fine. Yeah. We're all fine here. They're all yeah. reattached at the ankles yeah, yeah. then, yeah. yeah. And everything's well, laminated. Off. It's all nicely laminated. So I can't, Do you know what? I can't actually wait. To see this laminated um, piece of information that you keep going on about the fact yeah, that book of dreams, the, the fact that you brought a laminator for the, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to see this. I am. It's, it's just because I like to have everything from my Rogue Drift game kept in perpetuity. Yes. And if I took it round to various conventions or places to play it, 
if I've just got little pages that I've printed out, then eventually somebody will rip them or drill on them or set a beer down on top of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's or just, a toddler just will a... start gnawing on it. <laughs> oh no, I generally try and stay away from anywhere that has toddlers. <laughs> that I'm not allowed within 100 feet. <laughs> Okay, moving on. So, that aside, that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. Um, don't care what the rest of you are up to this weekend. If if you're not there and not in the chat, then uh, you've missed out terribly. Uh, it probably will go up on on YouTube afterwards for people who can't join. In It'll all be saved in posterity, yeah. so it's all good. Saved in the posterior. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to dive into the show proper and take a look at the indie of the week. Ooh. And this week, it's so indie, it doesn't really exist yet. Exactly. Kind of. Yeah. How indie is that? This is like a this is like a, a preview indie, a proto indie. Yeah, yeah. A proto indie of the week. So uh, this comes from um, Daniel Mercy, who a lot of people will know has done rule sets across all manner of different uh, mm. time periods. Mm. Um, I know him particularly from Bath Ravens, because that's the game that I, I saw and played and very much enjoyed. Uh, but uh, he has managed to set up sort of like a, a one-man operation in many regards mm. with some help from outside as well uh, called Wiglaf Miniatures. Um, so Wiglaf Miniatures is his new sort of baby that is making um, 18 millimeter, but also one one hundred scale mini- uh, miniatures, but also 15 mil, but also just tiny travel size 28 mil. These are all things that he has said. I'm, I'm not making this up. <laughs> Basically, kind of like a yeah, a base miniatures doesn't really matter what scale they are uh, for use in playing out historical war games. And the focus at the moment, there you see, you can see it exactly there. Big 15s. I, I like that. I think big 15s is a cool way of, of putting this. Um, Kids, you. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the first range of miniatures is actually being produced alongside uh, Mark Copstone of mm. Copstone Castings. Right. But a lot of people will know um, I actually painted up some of his um, Lord of the Rings-ish stuff. It yeah. was very cool. And he is very well known for things like his Barbarian range and everything like that. Does lots of things in very different scales, but awesome miniatures. Um, that talent has been translated over into painting up, well, creating, sorry, these really awesome um, 18 mil metal miniatures for use in sort of creating uh, a sort of a, an army of Saxons, effectively, uh, mm-hmm. for use during the Age of Pender, which we'll come to in a little bit. Um, currently, as Jerry was alluding to there, the range isn't actually fully available yet. This is all going to be coming out through North Star. So, um, as you know, North Star will tend to sell a lot of stuff from a whole bunch of different creators, mm-hmm. um, Copplestone being one of them. Uh, and so, obviously, it makes sense that this would translate over into um, uh, their web store at the uh, in. I think it's later this month. I think. Yeah. Um, the the collection at the moment contains this sort of warlord that you see there at the back with his sort of banner bearer and companion. Mm-hmm. You then have a set of unarmored warriors just seeing there, which are looking very cool. Oh, they're so mm-hmm. awesome! I love the cloaks and everything; it's very nice. They look um, stunning. There's also a set of armored warriors, uh, which you can see a little bit of the back there with their big, big, big helmets on. Uh, <laughs> all of them, obviously, armed with spears, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest weapon to make for the populace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uses the least amount of metal and keeps exactly. the fighting mm. very far away. Uh, and then you've also got a set of um, light skirmishers yeah. um, armed with bows and or javelins, however you want to approach it. Oh. Uh, but this uh, then forms the basis of the um, Age of Pender range and game that we'll go on to in a second. So, but yeah, all these uh, eight, uh, all these 18 mil 
metal miniature is going to be available very soon. Uh, they've all there's a really fun little sort of section of it of like his blog and stuff where he's talked a little bit more about these. Uh, where he goes into like why he decided to do them in the way that he did, why yep. he chose set arms and armor, why he's gone for like this arrangement of different troops and that kind of thing. Um, so it's all very well researched, as you would have imagined with Mercy uh, diving into this. Yeah. But, uh, I believe there are two Warlord models as well. So this one is for Penda, mm-hmm. uh, and there's some discussion about whether or not that helmet's correct, has been reconstructed correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other one is based on um, Sutton Who, so uh, Rivalda. Yeah. So the even though it is just a sort of dark agey Saxon style of of force, there's a couple of different warlords, so you could have a, a warlord off, uh, or throw them up against some Picts or Irish yeah. if you want. Yeah. But these were a set of preview miniatures that went out to uh, Mogsy, so he's done the, quite a nice review on his blog very about nice how, he's, how he's put them together. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. and. They also match up very well with the Forged in Battle 18s because he's using those for his Welsh. Um, but you can see there, the level of detail on the, the sculpts oh, is really nice. good. Yeah. Yeah. Very and much so. I, I see what he means about them being sort of like travel 28 mil <laughs> because the, yeah. it's, you're not dropping detail in the sculpts just because you're dropping scale. Yeah. Um, so it's quite nice. And here we see... That's a really cool idea. I like that, that is nice. He's, he's done a few of these bases, uh, which we'll get onto in a moment when we talk about the actual gameplay for Penda, because it is figure, scale, and basing agnostic in every way, Pretty shape, much, and form. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you've got minis, they will work for this. Uh, it's easier to do something clever. I mean, the fact is Warlord sits in behind that sort of little spear wall. It's quite nice. So cool. or left, <laughs> yeah. off, left off altogether. You can attach your warlord to units um, in the game, although only one and only at the start. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's an interesting idea behind it. I do like the fact that on his blog spot, he's got those design notes. He generally includes them in his own games anyway. So you yeah. get an idea of where he's coming from and mm-hmm. what he's doing. Um, and it's it's nice to see the sort of the the idea behind it, and occasionally we'll see that in the the rules themselves. Uh, Question: um, So yes. we know we can't get the minis yet. Are the rules available yet? Yes, they are. Yep. <gasps> so you can get them via yeah. the medium of War Games Vault. Yeah. So we we downloaded these to have a look at them and give them a give them a look. They're pr- pretty pretty cheap as well. It's like mm. six, five six quid to get your hands on it, which is pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, but it's a digital version of the rules, which kind of goes into detail of how to play the game. So. Um, if anyone, I mentioned Battle Ravens earlier, that kind of gives you a basis for the, mm. the way that this plays out. So this doesn't play out like a typical tabletop war game in that yeah. it uses, uh, it's not sort of free movement in that regard. It uses mm. uh, like a gridded landscape. So you'd lay this over, over over the top of your terrain or you'd work it into, or this would just be a mat in, in of itself if you wanted to design it. You could also use like markers if you wanted to mark out yeah. the different areas of it. There's a whole bunch of different things you can yeah. do in order to get that sort of look to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. But this then allows you to play out a game which is a lot more about um, command and control yeah. than it is about sort of individual heroics or, or one unit sort of rushing out and doing like the most impressive things or that kind of thing. And as Jerry was saying, it's very much one of those things where the general is sitting back almost and kind of looking out over the battlefield and directing the flow of the battle, which I think is really nice. Um, 
The other thing that kind of flows into this game as well quite nicely, and it's something that I think a lot of people really enjoy about um, Saga in particular, is this idea of having like a separate area of the game to play like a almost like a mini game. Mm. So that's why you have this tactics board that you're seeing here. So this enables you to, you effectively decide what you're going to do using this and then that all plots out and plays out on the battlefield after, you, after you've done it, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's um, great. And the interesting thing about this, unlike Saga, where you have your own battle board and you make your own plans and decisions. Mm-hmm. Whoever has the initiative, you you generate tactics tokens. If you lose your general, because um, you were careless, then you lose a tactics token, which means you could be at a sort of deficit to your opponent. Um, there are obviously limits to amount of units and that sort of thing. There is a point system, but it's all very, don't want to say generic, it's not granular. It, he doesn't care if that unit has leather armor or that unit has mail or that unit has broad spears or boar spears or javelins. It's it's not that type of game. It's about the command and control. And if you've both got four tactics tokens and Ben has initiative, Ben chooses where he's going to put the first token. And he may go, Sodji, <laughs> I've got no shooting. You have shooting. I'm going to place one of the shooting uh, or I'm going to place one of my tactic tokens on shooting Uh, and if you're playing something like a Pict or Welsh Army or Strathclyde Welsh who are all about hit and run and you've got a lot of shooting and javelins in your force you want to have both options because you don't have enough ground troops to deal with your opponent and if your opponent can suddenly take one of them away yes it means you're not going to get to move what you want to move in your own turn but you're depriving your opponent so yeah. you both fill this with your tactics tokens and it's about, as much about denial as it is about choosing yeah. what you want to do which is really cool yeah and and i really i really like that um yeah going back to the 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 battle board so i suppose we talk very briefly about <laughs> the, the sort of the gameplay style there's a points value so unlike dbx systems where you have a set number of elements per side um you have a bit of less building in this so you could be sitting with somewhere between sort of six to 15 elements in your force uh you can only ever have three of your own units three of your own elements in a single square uh, and then your opponent can have a max of three so you're never gonna have more than six in there and that's how the gameplay works then so when you move you or if you shoot or you attack whatever it happens to be from the tactics board you pick an area so you go this square in the middle the units that are in there are going to move but they can move wherever they want adjacent to so you could split them one into each of the f- ones to the front and keep one back to use as a reserve to try and block off your opponent um things like that so it's it is about the grand scale yeah. uh, of the tactics um, your your warlord attaches to a unit at the start and then stays with that unit uh, so it makes them better but if you lose that unit then you lose your warlord and you lose a tactics <sighs> token and so protecting your warlord is, is obviously key but at the same time he's generally going to be with his mates like a bunch of huskarls or, or elite warriors of some description so Keeping him away from the fighting is probably a bad idea as well because you're denying yourself one of your better units. It's it's a really it's a really simple, yeah, elegant system. Yeah, yeah, like the, the like the, the way that stuff's dealt in terms of damage and that thing is very simple. So like hits are on fours or whatever saves are on fives, and then every unit then has 
as you can see there, what's called the battle rating. Yeah. So that indicates sort of like their health whilst also being their quality and also their morale. So it, and and that is what's taken down. So it's just one stat in that Mm. respect that then is removed. And once that goes down to zero, obviously the unit routes and leaves the battlefield. So it's a really fascinating one. And there are ways for things to go up and down. And obviously there's all the special abilities that you can see there as well, which are all sort of designed for age of Pender and playing out this particular period of history. Mm -hmm. But I think what's quite nice about this is that it allows Mersey to almost take this formula as he has and translate it to different periods of history and play around with it as well. So you can use the same things like the tactics board and that gridded layout, then just come up with different special abilities that would apply, you know, specifically to Anglo-Saxons or to Vikings and build up on that if you wanted to. Obviously you can have things, you can have obviously lots of interesting battles between factions of the same type fighting out the tabletop, which is pretty cool, but you could then move that into medieval and all sorts of things later on down the line, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so as well as them working on that kind of Anglo-Saxon period and, and working on those things, there's also plans to do a lot more stuff in the future as well. So they've already been talking about making miniatures um, for Irish, for mm. Welsh, uh, and Vikings of a, of a style, which is pretty cool. So there's going to be some sort of like early Vikings in there, which would be quite nice. I, I uh, Maybe it's just me. I really like what they're doing with the Irish. Um, they've based it off a slightly later period based off the illustrations from the Book of Kells. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Irish hit, Irish hit the peak of perfection around 400 <laughs> uh, and then just stayed like that until about the 1800s. <laughs> you know, you can't believe on perfection. So it's, it doesn't really matter um, that they've gone for a slightly later period because it would still work for the, the you know, early dark ages middle ages yeah. you know they work all the way through to elizabethan let's face it so um yeah I'm, I'm fascinated to see what else comes along um when they they actually start to to ramp up and get the the miniatures out there because the certainly the ones that they've shown off so far are excellent and apparently they are scaled to marks it's the, it's as barbarian range that i want to say, I want to say it's barbaric yeah. yeah uh where i have some of those kicking around somewhere <laughs> I know nobody is shocked at that, but I do. Um, Somewhere. So, so we haven't, yeah, uh, I think I know exactly where they are. Um, but they're mostly trolls and ogres and things. But it means then I can, you know, potentially do some sort of uh, uh, Beowulf-esque Grendel-type scenario cool. for mm. my own personal amusement. I mean, it's called Viglaf Miniatures. It, you know, you Viglaf really... is the, the second-hand man of, uh, of Beowulf, so yeah. Yeah, he, he's the man who uh, who took over when when. Uh, Beowulf uh, shuffled off this mortal coil. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers for, for, for the most ancient. You know. Yes. If you ain't seen it by now, it's your own fault. Oh, <laughs> I know. If, yeah. It's a hard read, uh, especially because I didn't do anything clever like literature. Uh, but I've got Tolkien's version, which is actually very good. So, so there was actually a good version of it filmed. Um, Gerard Butler. The Gerard Butler one, yeah, yeah. It's a very if you Beowulf and Grendel is the name. It is it, quite yeah, good. It's, it's not it's not hundred percent as accurate as it could be, but it comes much closer than a lot of the other ones, including including the Ray Winston version. Yeah. Grendel. Oh, and, oh Grendel, I, you slay. I deleted that okay. from my brain. I really deleted the fact <laughs> that, that that was a thing. Wow. Big gold covered Angelina Jolie. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. It was, ju- it was just oh, terrible. No, I remember. So oh, God. I, it took me a little longer to reboot it. Oh, God. 
make me forget. Oh yeah, that Beowulf and Grendel film, by the way, has an amazing documentary that was made at the time. That's the how film, I found out about it. I'd never seen film, the film. It, the film was basically cursed. Like they 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 swore that the gods didn't want them to make the film because things would slow <laughs> down, people would get ill, all sorts of things. That that is almost worth watching as much as the well, much, probably I, more so than I, the film. That's that's how I found the film. I seen the documentary first. They brought a <laughs> they brought a, like a because they filmed it in Iceland and yeah. they brought a druid in to bless the production. And the day after he left, they got hit by like a volcano and the worst storms they'd ever yeah. seen ever. And it yeah. just all went downhill from there. It's just like this is amazing. And everyone was convinced that the, the druid had never wanted them to do it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> the the, the says, druid what? was a charlatan. Just and yeah. the guy went, no, that's fake. You're all fake. It's all burns. <laughs> but they, they did say to them, maybe you shouldn't film a, a, a film in Iceland in the middle of the winter. But oh well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, but um, who going back, going back to Wig, to Wiglaf miniatures as, uh, just for a second as well. Mm. Um, they have said that everything that's made money wise from the side of the miniatures and the rules. So obviously you can buy the rules now and just use whatever you want to play. But all of that money is going to go directly <laughs> back into creating more miniatures for this. So. If you want to see more of this pop up, if you want to see the Irish and the Welsh and, and all the rest of the things they're working on, maybe then develop it into different periods and that kind of thing. Definitely want to go out uh, and check these out when they appear on North Star and buy the rules yourself and give it a go with what you've got lying around. Because um, yeah. I think it's a really fun little rule set that uh, deserves some attention. Um, and it, it's from it's from somebody who obviously knows what they're doing when it comes to mechanics and stuff. So. Oh, God, yeah. It's... it's- it's an old, I think of it as an old school, a classic rule set. I've got things yes. like Clash of Shields and stuff, which they're black and white. There's no fancy pictures in it. He said there might be in time if people want it, but it's a very short 30-page rule set. Yeah. Um, people know what miniatures look like. We've all seen what miniatures look like. You can imagine <laughs> what your miniatures will look like if you're trying to play yeah. this game out. But you don't need all of that fluff upping the page count and upping the price. Uh, um, it's like just Mecha- a... A yeah. mechanically clean and bare bones rule set just which allows them to, which allows them to keep the page count down like that yeah. like you can read the rules and you'll be like oh I know exactly what's happening like yeah. e- even if you don't want to read the, the full breakdown of how everything contextually works there's like three or four pages at the back that once you read that you'll be like well I, I know how to play so yeah. it, it's very good it's very very well put together so um, watch out for that and 100% mm. on board with that I must reach out and see if I can talk to Dan um, because his Very work has been you. his work has been fantastic over the years. I own a frightening amount of it. In fact, the Zulu. <laughs> my, my frightening Strif- amount of everything. Yeah, well, the, the, but the Rourke Strift game is actually based on um, one of his systems. Oh, wow. Uh, so the I, Men I Who Would it, Be Kings, then, is it? It's The Men Who Would Be Kings. And then I, yeah. I tweaked it for uh, the, the defense. So, I mean, you know, I'm on board. So <laughs> you should be as well, people. He's That's a Merseyite. There we go. Well, I'm a <laughs> oh, well yeah. Also, Liverpool fans, so both, both <laughs> meetings the all there. connected. It's everything. This yeah. is how we all work out that we're brains in a jar based on my love of Dan Mersey and Liverpool. <laughs> right, that's enough for the end of the week. We shall be right back after this swish with the news. Coming to you from the centre of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games and all that sh- you love. It's the muck news <laughs> okay then so ben what's been catching your eye in the news this week oh 
Well, the first thing that caught my eye was a branch. It went right in. Uh, but so uh, the guys at uh, Cromlech have been doing some awesome stuff uh, this week with the release of a new terrain range that is fantastic for those diving into a little bit of fantasy gaming on the tabletop, or maybe something a little bit pulpier and horrific as well. Um, so this is the new Dark Forest collection, which, um, as you can see from that sort of title they've used for it, is uh, particularly awesomely old hammery Warhammer, while also being maybe a bit witchery as well, perhaps? Mm. Just adolescent? Who knows? Silver Bayonet-esque. Uh, well, yes, exactly. I'm fairly certain that's not a lesson. That's that, not that, a lesson. That, that does look that's like a, the silhouette a of a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, this is why this is in here. You've managed yeah. to find a stealth found, dwarf. That's it! A stealth dwarf, yes. <laughs> Painted in banter black. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yes, so this is a new set of uh, HDF and resin terrain that they've been working on. Uh, the main sort of piece de resistance is that amazing windmill that we saw there, which is rickety and awesome, comes with multiple layers. It's packed full of detail. And then to sort of go alongside that, kind of building up the forest around this potential, this windmill in the middle of nowhere, we also have these things like the dark forest woods there, which are these twisted gnarled trees. We have the haystacks, which would be great for building up um, sort of farmlands on the frontiers of some uh, Eastern European town, perhaps. Uh, sort of like the places where the, um, the hay starts to rustle and then mm. weird animated scarecrows walk out of it and start hunting down the populace. Um, You've also got these very sort of fairy tale-esque things like these walls here, which I think are really nice. I love that it's kind of got that, uh, the element of um, civilization and society there with the kind of metal shot mm. gates and things. Yeah. And then slowly but surely, nature is finding its way through the cracks and breaking through, which I think is really cool. And it oh. kind of gives it a weird ancient feel to it as if, uh, you know, mankind tried to tame the landscape, but it's now ready to get them back. There's even a pile of skulls as well. So you can't keep it. the mushrooms out. You can't. <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> this is inspiring me to do like a homebrew, like a Vermintide 2. You could, yeah, yeah. You could easily do that set up, set out in one of the, you know, like the farmlands that they're using a couple of the levels for that. That'd yeah. be brilliant for it. Yeah, just definitely. Have it like a, a con game where it's like, fine, four people rock up and they're trying to make their way from one end of the table to the other. While that would be amazing come to try and tear them a new one That's i right. want you to do it justin make it make it happen because, because i don't do things <laughs> i don't i don't do things i just i love do. this i love this community board i think that's great i just love the idea witcheresque you know somebody comes out pick up the uh the next the next bounty as it were exactly see yeah. what's going on through days oh, i like know, the fact if, that they leave a little hammer like, Mm. So you, oh, have, yeah. you can nail your own scrolls yeah. and things to it. That's, <laughs> that shows that that's not only a civilization, but that is uh, an area where people know that their hammer isn't going to get nicked and used to stave somebody's head in. So, oh, so this is a, a good village. Yeah, there's a lot of trust in this village. Yeah. Well, if, if you're the one that rips it down off the board, the next set of adventurers won't see it. Exactly. Very true. Yeah. I, I, I think these are really nice little things. They're, they're lovely bits that you could put into skirmish games to give things a mm. sort of uh, a little bit of essence of character and narrative to things. For example, that amulet that's hanging off there in the middle. Mm. They're not cursed. Maybe that, well, it's definitely, yeah. <laughs> the not cursed 100%. amulet. Uh, that could be the thing that your band of adventurers goes to find in a game like Lasting Tales. And then this then leads into more sort of adventures and things that nice. you get to do. Is that a reward for a Cyclops? It, it looks, looks like it, doesn't it? it? Also, there's someone very concerned about taxation. 
tax, ev- oh. tax evasion, I think it is as well. <laughs> Somebody's no taxation not- without representation. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Damn middle class fantasy characters. Yeah, uh, you just need to put a little <laughs> cup of tea on the base. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a really nice sort of flavor of di- or different flavors of these. And here you can see that kind of more um, uh, sort of Warhammer influence in the way that they've done the orc and stuff on there as well. So yeah. this would be great if you were looking back at doing something Warhammer fantasy role play related, perhaps if you want to play around with miniatures in that sense. Maybe if you just wanted to play a bit of more time, you know, yep. dig out the old book or something and stick these in. These could be used around the city. You could also use them out, outside of it as well because they did lots of things building on from that and sort of do, you know, about the forests and the beasts in there as well. So there's plenty nice. of different ways to use this. I, I, I partic- Sorry, go on, Terry. I was just going to say it's, it's a nice range of resin and I've worked mm-hmm. with some of it before for the Frostgrave line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's robust, but also it, captures an awful lot of detail on them so i yeah, like it yeah. i like things like this yes because whenever you're putting a board together and you're looking for line of sight blocking terrain people always stick down hedges walls hedges walls hedges Their walls part. occasional tree um but actually just having a, an open field on two or three of these in the middle people can rush and hide behind you you can yeah. you can go full band of brothers on that one mm-hmm. yeah yeah, um, it's just and, nice. It, it it makes it more of a lived-in world. Mm-hmm. As, as you were saying as well before, that I think these would be great for silver bayonet. I think yeah. if you took these and dropped these into that, oh god, yeah, they have that flavor of um, you know the depths of rural Europe where things are not quite as it seems, and folklore is more rampant than you know the belief in Christianity and all that kind of thing. You could really have some fun with this and have witches and ghouls and demons mm. and all sorts of things living in and around things like that windmill and stuff. I think it'd be really fun to see these used on the tabletop in a load of different games. So make sure to go and check it out. It's all over on their web store right now. So mm. yeah. Sweet to the beat. What's up next then? So the start of last year, I remember sitting on Twitter and I saw a particular Elder Scroll symbol that was being released from Chip Fury Game. So they were announcing a new tabletop title to be set in the universe although we had no idea what it was going to be. So whether it be a new board game, a new RPG, or where in Tamriel it would be set. So now they've released information. So Chip Fury Games are going to be have officially announced The Elder Scrolls Betrayal of the Second Era, and it's going to be heading to GameFound in October 2022 this year in a bold game format. So what I was really excited about this is that Chip Fury Games are working closely with the Elder Scrolls Online team, which means we're going to potentially look at the full scope of the whole game world in Tamriel. So confirming that this particular title will allow players to immerse themselves in this kind of whole world rather than just Skyrim, rather than just the second. It's not capped by any video game progress by the looks of it. So mm-hmm. although there's not too much announced yet, what we do know is that it belongs in a board game format. It's going to be one to four players and it's going to be a collaborative adventure to investigate the Order of the Black Worm in hopes of foiling the evil plans of Daedric Prince Morag Bao. So it's quite interesting to see some RPG mechanics in there too. Mm -hmm. So there's confirmed character building and exploration across the Lordfield universe. So if you've already dipped into some Chip Fury games already, the character creation is not going to become any surprise to you um, because it's been featured in the previous games as mm. well. Um, so according to Chip Fury, the game's going to be playing in three different sessions as part of a whole overarching campaign. So it'll take about an hour and a half to complete one session 
But decisions made in the game are going to be hard to replicate in another playthrough because like the video game, there's going to be different approaches and different progression, different routes and different outcomes depending how you're building. So it's quite an interesting premise. Um, I'm quite see, quite keen on seeing this world of that yeah. already kind of boasts lore and background and story because it gives chance for any fantasy lover to slot themselves into it with an already you know Pretty established cool. universe. So okay. it's coming to autumn, uh, coming to autumn, coming to game found in autumn. One thing that looked that stood out for me is that um, we saw at the beginning of that they showed off some of the components from Too Many Bones, which is their incredibly luscious and i think they've described it as the most waterproof game in existence because you can throw it in a bath and all the components come out again and they're fine <laughs> fascinating uh, but um that's also what seems to be translating over into what they do mm-hmm. for this as well so i'd imagine we're going to see lots of very nice neoprene mats we're going to see lots of lovely chips and all that kind of thing Oof. it'll be interesting to see how much mechanical stuff translates over from that because mm-hmm. too many bones is a very interesting mechanical game it uses lots of well, as you know i know imagined those chips and stuff yeah play the game with lots of dice and everything as well so it's a very um in-depth and uh sort of sandboxy style of game so i'll be interested to see how that translates over into the elder scrolls because mm-hmm. uh, there's lots of things to do especially if they're going to be looking at this idea of like the whole of town rail kind of things so. yeah very I cool. think it's quite cool that they're taking influence from one of their previous games and you're saying already how ambitious it is and they are claiming that this next title is one of the most ambitious that they have come up against. So it's quite cool to see where it's going to go and we've seen Elder Scrolls in loads of different places, whether it be card game, board game, wherever it might be, miniatures yeah. game. So we it's a new one. outlook with the wide world of online. So quite cool to look into really. I do have to wonder, though, is there going to be some random old guy living in a cave constantly dragging me back for missions when I'm just out trying to kill monsters? <laughs> you never know. Maybe. Potentially. It is wide world. It is online. It is influenced by online, so you never know what way you're going to go. Well, there you go. Chip theory has game if you have coin. <laughs> Very good reference. I like it. Time with the kids. I've not played it since Morrowind, I think. But oh, right. oh, you're quite far out yet. <laughs> Haven't quite taken an arrow to the knee, Jerry. No. No, no not a, any bit of it. But yeah, one to four players as well. So I, I do like the uh, the idea that you can do these little sort of solo campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be interesting to see sort of. Good way to learn how to play as well. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so yeah. Fascinating stuff. We'll have to keep our eye out for what comes of that in the autumn. Mm. <laughs> the autumn. Uh, but before we get to them, Dystopian Wars. Yes. So new pre-orders um, this month for a whole bunch of new stuff for Dystopian Wars. Uh, we're seeing the Imperium and the Crown get some uh, fancy bits and pieces to play around with. The first of these, and the coolest by a country mile, are the Hockmeister, is the Hockmeister Battle Fleet set. Because in a naval war game, why have a ship when you can have a massive underwater walking titan of a robot yes. that stomps through the ocean, pulls out a sword, and cuts your boat in half? I'm sorry, <sighs> you're not you tugging Pacific away. Rim music. Exactly. <laughs> you're not tugging away from that quickly, are you? No. <laughs> choo choo, I'm a boat. <laughs> So, They're uh, huge as well. Yeah, these are impressive and epic-looking miniatures uh, for this one. As you might have imagined, I'm quite from what I was saying. <laughs> I, I really like the look of these. I think it's super cool. This idea of kind of like these massive robots walking along the seabed mm. before suddenly bursting out through the water, sword at the ready to cleave things in half. Um, 
I want to note it, and Gary was saying there as well, there are op- actually options for arming them with guns if you like, but why would you give them guns? Just swords. They can, hit, they can hit the planes out of the air. <laughs> would, you, would you not go full Pacific Rim and just have one of them hitting somebody boat. with a boat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You I, I, yeah. I want to see that conversion. Yes. <laughs> There's boat in one hand, sword in the other. There's exactly. bound to be somebody very long and thin that could be wielded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a baseball bat to the head. I mean, it's that, or you can do the pickup scene where it's just got its hand underneath a frigate. Yes, just lifting it up out of the water to crush it or something. But at that oh point, God, yeah. at that point, are you playing dystopian wars or are you playing giant robot in the bathtub? Yeah, <laughs> hey, I'm all for giant robot in the bathtub. So, yeah. um, <laughs> as well as the uh, exceptionally amazing Hawkmaster Battlefleet set, there's also. Some boats. Uh, there should be boats in a naval game, I guess. Of course. Uh, so we've got the we've got the new Koenig uh, Battlefleet set there, which is pretty awesome. So it's a good way for you to get started with the Imperium. Start playing around on the tabletop with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes with uh, a large, big Koenig uh, class battleship alongside a whole bunch of additional uh, nice. miniatures there as well. As always, this is a um, mix between sort of plastic components for a lot of the mm-hmm. ships, and then you get the resin as well. Uh, with little plastic add-ons too, so you can play around with the guns and the widgets and all sorts of different things like mm-hmm. that. Um, for the crown really as well, modular. they are incredibly modular. But I think we showed off a, a couple of the different sets um, last I'm, year. Didn't we? I was so, going to say, there's a serious amount of love for the Imperium with the Stupid Wars. <laughs> Do they hate every other faction? <laughs> this, I mean, I'm, is this I'm the third or the fourth? Americans. Oh, I know you're an American. You're 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 one for the union, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your union. <laughs> you stay over there, colonial, far away. But, but I think that I think that is part. It's definitely the third. It may even be the fourth Imperium battle fleet. I'm not including the Ice Maiden in that, so it could be the fifth Imperial battle fleet. The Imperium, the it, Imperium yeah. get all the toys. But all the troops. Yeah, it's a good way to get that big ship out there with a couple of additional options. I think mm. basically it's, it's a pretty good way of approaching it. Uh, they've also got the British Crown Support Squadrons as well. Nice. Um, so this is just a new set of additional ships that you can use mm-hmm. for the Crown. Uh, so if you want to play as that, you've got those two, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different uh, frigates and cruisers in there to play around with. And they're some little long thin. You they're, can wield one of those. They're very yeah. battable. They look very yeah. stabby as well, don't well, they? Are those submersible bubbles? There are submersible bubbles, mm. yes, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So a pretty cool little set. Um, so yeah, some awesome stuff there. If you want to be uh, sort of building on the Imperium, or if you want to build on the Crown, uh, as I said at the beginning, just buy the Hawkmeisters. Just everybody buy Hawkmeisters and and have Hawkmeister Wars. I think is the best way to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, they are they are frankly amazing. Oh, uh, I'm looking forward to see how some of these are painted as well. Yes, yeah. I don't are... see some. I don't see someone do like water effects dripping off them. Yeah, as they burst out of the water. Yeah. Cover them in seaweed. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. You could do a lot of steam as well, couldn't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Like all the vents gassing out and stuff. Yeah. Or you could look to Jerry for his, like, you know, the wave cresting you do on Oh, yeah, Jerry. yeah. Do yeah. that around the legs. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. Mm. Break, out the, break out the heavy gels and the water effects. Mm. Now, doing the, the drippy water effects should be fairly easy to do as well. Yeah. Um, Very so nice. Yeah, it, it, that could be a lot of fun, just seeing how people dress them up i suppose mm-hmm. and and then have them stand at the back while the imperium fleets do all the damage and people can't sink the ice maiden <laughs> telling you, anybody who's not playing imperium in dystopian wars is playing it wrong <laughs> 
just it is what it is. There we go. Yeah. Okay, Salah. Yep. Sue Free, tell me all about Dark Souls. Well, we knew this was coming, okay? So Steamforge Games have had the Dark Souls IP in their back pockets for quite a while now. So being one of their first IPs, we've already seen the Dark Souls board game, the Dark Souls card game over the last couple of years, bringing like death, death and, you know, more death to the tabletop. So they've now released more information regarding the upcoming RPG. So if you are a fan of the ridiculously difficult dying simulator, you might want to look at the RPG that is upcoming. So no, fortunately enough, you will not have to pledge into a Kickstarter and wait a year for the release. The title is hidden to pre-order this month. So it's as simple as buy the book and it is yours. So considering that Stainfold has asked us, are you prepared to die? You can sure bet that the upcoming title is going to be difficult and tedious. So it utilises D&D 5e rule set with brutal and savage customizations built for the Dark Souls universe. So you're going to be heading into a wild world of sinister. So Dark Souls mechanics have been added. What does that mean? So added will be something called position. So which will warp the 5e rule set into bring theme of Dark Souls into the game. So it's going to combine players' health and stamina together, designing the mechanic position and to gauge how close to a player they are to death. So this is going to increase as the players head off and up their abilities as that goes on. But as you can imagine, combining the two is going to be quite difficult. So speaking of death, it may be obvious to say, but you've got to be prepared to potentially die a lot. So every time you do die, you're going to lose all of your souls collected, which will hinder your progress, (laughs) Uh, which is going to hinder your progress every time um, and stop you from going forward. So you do eventually risk becoming mindless drone by losing an integral part of yourself. So it fits into the whole theme of being humanity at risk. Plus, if half your party die during combat, you can put that down to a fail and head back to the bonfire to start all over again. All over again. So it's it's quite, you're going to need your patience. You're certainly going to need your patience. But if you've taken down any boss in any Dark Souls game, you're going to know the different phases that can happen that make the boss really challenging. They change their behaviour when you do a certain amount of damage um, before they die. So there's certain times at which they'll just change their abilities and you need to, adapt to a different custom so there's a new mechanic called bloodied and it's going to be adding new abilities to the boss the more they are hacked at in the game so quite interesting there and magic has not been capped the amount as it may be through 5e so it allows players to be a bit more flexible in their magic output and it allows certain slots and equip spells into slots to utilize in battle so you're going to need to delicately delicately balance where you're going to use them in your trick to strategy. Bring the deli. Deli, yeah. Deli, you're going to deli. Bring in the ham. But um, the tabletop RPG is going on pre-order this month, so don't worry about heading to Kickstarter. It is going. So I'm not naive. I very much am aware that I will be dying a ton if I give this a go. But it does allow me to explore the world um, whilst holding hands with teammates rather than go off on my own into the Dark Souls universe yes. uh, and die every two seconds. That's what I was going to ask because I I know nothing about Dark Souls. Here's how little I know. That guy sitting with his back 
to us in in the inside cover of the book with the the ridged helmet. I have a model of that sculpted by Boris, and and I've, that apparently it must be a homage to Dark Souls. I didn't know that. It's just a nice model. <laughs> it's like the like poster boy character right. for Dark Souls. Here. How yeah. much of a world is there? Because I've always been of the impression so much. you go yeah. into you go into it's, a oh my god. Yeah. You go into a dungeon, you die repeatedly. You go to another dungeon, you die repeatedly. Uh, there, is, there is, is there actually like, more built in already? Or is it all going to have to be sort of, we've got to find a way to move people from one death trap dungeon to another? There is a ridiculous amount of lore. Like, yes. it, it's one of those games where every item has like a little story yeah. about right. it. It's one of those things where, like, one of the key things about Dark Souls is that it never explicitly tells you anything. You have to go and find it. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So it really interests so that I find that's the thing that I'm really interested in <laughs> when it comes to the actual role playing game. The combat stuff will be very interesting, and I'd like to see how that actually works in practice. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, D&D combat can take quite a while. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how. One of the things I'll come back to what you one of the things you mentioned, mm. but uh, the thing that really gets me is that the lore element of this, because there's so much built into it across three games and then there's yeah. demon souls as well i think there's a lot of scope for dms gms or whatever to tell very interesting stories set within this uh, and take characters off in very different directions meet interesting characters set it in different time periods because you've got that thing as well worked into it too mm. the the thing that going back to what you were saying about the the health and stuff that's the thing that's really fascinating i think that's going to be the thing that will change combat up because health becomes less of a uh, a marker of how dead you are, but a resource in the in the same sense as yeah. a lot of people in magic would use their die as a, a, a resource of health, effectively, because you can use that 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 um, what was it called again? The the ability position. Oh, position position. You use the position like stamina in the game to change dice rolls or use abilities and okay. that kind of thing. So you're going to be going like, I've got twenty health. Do I spend five of it in order to be able to boost this attack or something? Okay. Which then obviously then means that your survivability goes down drastically in, yeah. in a combat. It'll be really fascinating seeing how how that works together because, and I think it's something that you raised as well, Justin. This it could this could either be really fun and yeah, an interesting this... way to approach combat, or very monotonous. Well, here, <laughs> here is my big big fear for this. So I've I've played Dark Souls. I didn't like it. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie, and I mean the video game. I played the board game. They did a fantastic job of transferring it across to the tabletop. Unfortunately, it suffered from the same thing as the video game, which put me off it, which is that repetitive grindiness. Imagine being a role-playing group, and every week you get together, you're going to try and kill the big boss, and every week you die, and every week you're coming back to essentially play the same scenario over and over and over and over and over, and it just crushes your will to play it. This is where I think... That's my big fear. This is where I think it'll come down to having the right GM, DM to run yeah. this because I think a lot of groups may end, could end up falling into that trap of it just being the same thing and it's like because a puzzle. Because you expect it to be Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, a puzzle to beat kind of thing. Yeah. But I think if you approach it from the right direction, you could have it as, oh, well, they failed coming this way. Mm. They've been reborn from the bonfire. Maybe something else happens. Things have changed yeah. in the world. Something's done this. Yeah, build a little bit more on it and tell a little bit more of a story around it in order yeah. to try and get rid of that repetitiveness. But yeah, again, it, even, it'll come down to how it all works. Starting out the it. campfire again, you're gonna maybe have to fight your way back through the world to the boss. Oh, yeah. Again, I say, it depends like, how they set that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, you you, you come it to also the depends on the, g- the story. It also comes to down to the GM though. 
Um, mm. Unless there's a specific uh, mechanic where it goes, yeah. you go back to the bonfire and you must line, do all yeah. of this again. Yeah, because if I, if, I, if I was, well, even if the rules say you do it this way, if I was running it as a group and they've already worked their way up to the, the GM, first question I ask is, are you, are you going to go back the same way? Do you want to try again? Yeah. Uh, and then we just skip the intervening muck because mm. we know they've done it. See, that's, I, that's if they the go, thing. I don't want to go back the same way. I want to try going up to the balcony. Then, then that takes this now in a different direction. But if if they just need to get back to the boss to finish the boss, it's like a raid lockout. You just go straight back to that boss. I, I and think continue. It, so, I think this is a great opportunity for Steamforge. And obviously, they may fill in a lot of the blanks that we're seeing at the moment. Mm. But I think this would be a very good opportunity for Steamforge to do something in a, in a, a map based sense. Mm. So, you know how like um, Forbidden Lands and stuff has the idea of like, Here's the world, or in the case of Dark Souls, here's the city that you've got yeah. to explore. There's where you need to be. Now you plot the route that you're going to take through that. Do you go through the underground in order yes. to get to the boss? Do you go over the battlements and that kind of thing? I think that could be very interesting to see how they plot that out and what they do with that. Because I think the maps could be a big, awesome bit of that. It stops it from walking in a straight line. It's yeah. like you said, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you come back to the bonfire, you choose. Because even when I... So I... I wasn't patient enough to play through Dark Souls uh, and Demon Souls. I played through Bloodborne. Neither was I free. <laughs> I played through Bloodborne, um, but I watched my friend play Dark Souls and Demon Souls because he was patient enough to do it. Um, but I, what I really enjoy about this is it, I think what really scared me on my own in playing Bloodborne was that I was on my own. Um, and I know that sometimes you can get other hunters in to help out, but you are going out with a team in this. So you are going out with a joint strategy in mind. It, yeah, it could potentially, it does take away a lot of the fear for me in that, oh, wow, I'm going to be on my own and I'm going to lose every bit of progress. And mm. you can help other players in that. And it seems a lot more collaborative. And it for someone like me who really does enjoy the world, but hasn't had a chance to play it because I quite simply don't have the patience, um, it gives a lot of people a chance to see the world for a new light and explore the lore a little differently rather than you've got to find this and the only way you're going to get through this is to go through a boss. It's just a little different, but as you said, it, it uh, relies on the GM. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of the things, the actual creator of the Dark Souls IP was a, if I remember right, it was a non-native English speaker who moved over to America. And what he was trying to translate into the game was his inability as a youngster, you know, watching movies, reading books, and not fully understanding or fully grasping it. And so I think, if I remember right, he was trying to engineer that into the game. So hopefully they yeah. can still maintain that within the RPG as well. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to have lots of things that players have to find out that aren't just about killing things. Yeah. The, well, as well as that, if the RPG is coming out, the board game had miniatures in it as well. So if you do oh, want to play your you RPG incorrectly, incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you oh, can uh, cross product. Oh, the face is going red. He's going to explode. God. We need a we need a T-shirt with your playing this incorrectly, with the grid and miniatures on it. Yeah, your fun is not my fun, and that is not okay. No, Gary. If you need that extra bit of visualization, Steamfold to quality. Uh, yeah. There you go. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah, I'm very intrigued. Very intrigued. Yeah. Is it pre-order next week? Uh, it's pre-order this month. It's a pre-order to go live in February. Exactly. So. Okay. Well, we keep your see. eye out then if you're interested in RPGing properly or incorrectly around <laughs> Dark Souls. I seem to remember it, somebody was, you just roll. It's all about rolling. Mm. Anytime you get in a room, yes. just get the start entire rolling. party to yep, roll. Just, just go roll clockwise. I said, okay, let's go back. So I, roll. The GM goes, roll for initiative. We're already there, boss. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> 
Right, Ben, <laughs> tell me what Piazzo and Gilforce have been up to. Yeah, so uh, Piazzo Paizo, I, I can't, is, is that what it's I, 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 I have no idea. I was looking Paizo? at the Italian. Paizo? Paizo and Gilforce 9 have joined forces uh, to bring a new section of Pathfinder and Starfinder games to the tabletop. So uh, from one role-playing world to another, mm. or in fact two, I guess. Um, ah. So uh, they're going to be doing new board and card games based around uh, these massive role-playing uh, IPs. The first of which is going to be called Pathfinder Level 20, which kind of uh, sort of turns things on its head. Uh, you don't play heroes. In fact, you play poor kobolds who are being hunted by a fighter who just needs to kill a few of you to get to level 20. <laughs> Hence the name Pathfinder Level 20. Hiding in a corner screaming, you no take candle. Exactly. <laughs> so in this game, you'll be playing uh, kobolds, as you can see there, the little <laughs> tiny standees, running around in a cavern being pursued by a fighter with, that can be one of a few different versions, uh, trying to escape and avoid their, the grasp of their sword uh, before you uh, meet an ugly demise. Uh, the kobold that survives to the very end is declared the winner. However, there are also a couple of additional ways to um, sort of get towards victory. Um, you can just evade him until the time runs out and he gives up and goes home, or you can try and scare him away, and that can happen through the advent of traps and all sorts of different things. Um, of course, as I said, you win by being the last kobold alive, so there is nothing to stop you pushing your kobold brothers <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> Or the shield of your of the mm -hmm. advancing fighter, so that they bite the dust before you. Because, as I say, as long as you're the one left at the very end, and the fighter got to level twenty, they don't care about you, so they're going to leave, which is great. Uh, well, I, I don't I have to be fast, just faster than Ben. Exactly. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think this has the potential to be really, really fun. Uh, I love the idea of it, sort of, as I say, changing things around when it comes to the D and D, well, Pathfinder style adventuring on the mm. tabletop. Uh, I like the puzzle for this moving around and trying to avoid the gaze of the uh, the fighter as they advance towards you and stuff as well. I think it'd be really fun to dive in and see what this, what this one's all about. Um, if you are interested in the rules and everything like that, they are available right now for you to go and check out. So you can go and download the PDF and have a look through it. Mm. It's not very long, very easy to dive into. Uh, there's lots of ways for you to kind of like customize stuff as well with the kobolds and their powers and their abilities nice. and the fighter as well. So there should be a bunch of replayability in there too. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, there are two more games coming out the rest of this year. Um, so there's going to be one called Starfinder Pirates of Skydock. And there's also going to be one called Pathfinder Tall Tales as well. So if you're interested in getting some more Pathfinder and Starfinder onto the tabletop, <laughs> there are ways to do so through their force line and their new partnership. Very cool indeed. It reminds me so much of Dungeon Master. Yes. <laughs> when you'd be sitting there with your lovely dungeon full of imps and flies and everything else and you're having a grand old time and, and you just hear the, comes in, the yeah. lord of the land approaches <laughs> i was like no they're Why? just throwing imps at him to go away <laughs> it, 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 reminds, it reminds me of boss monster yes a little bit of that as well yeah. i get that <laughs> I like leave it. me day let me get to level 20 yeah. I, I i think this one sounds great it'd be, it'd be fun to maybe give this a go in the future we'll, we'll see so yeah, for sure oh yeah oh definitely yeah, um, nothing else you know you're yeah. one step away from hunting boars in the forest at that point <laughs> yeah i need to do is have bars in the forest <laughs> we can kill an apple though <laughs> but how do you uh, kill that which has no lie moving on from uh, uh board and card games uh, we're now looking at the news from games workshop uh so 
sooner than I imagined. Uh, mm-hmm. We are now going to be able to pre-order Eldritch Omens this weekend. <gasps> so on Saturday, you'll be able to pick up the box set, which we've talked about before in the past, so we won't gild the lily too much on this. Um, comes with the new plastic Autark, the Rangers, the Shroud Runners, the Warpsmith, the Chosen, and the new Forge slash, well, old Forge slash Morlefiend as well. So there's pretty much... Everything in there is new apart from that big monster, so mm. pretty good stuff there. Obviously, an early chance for you to pick up the Eldar stuff if you want to go and dive in and play around with it before anybody else does. Um, have no fear, though. Don't worry. If you miss out on this, then there will obviously be uh, all of these miniatures released in the future, maybe three or four weeks down the line with the new codex and everything as well. So you, this isn't your only chance, but if you want to get a hold of this stuff now, then this is obviously the weekend to pre-order it. You say that, but... In my heart of hearts, what I want to happen, because I know it'll annoy so many Eldar players, is... Oh, stop. Do, do you remember the Death Copters? I do. They were only ever they available only in ever Blackreach. Blackreach. <laughs> and I think there were three of them as well. I can't yeah, be entirely certain. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they've got three more flyers here. Mm-hmm. That would be... It would just be so much fun if they did that. Free more! Oh, that would be so mean. They've not they annoyed... They would so much money. No, no, they never worried them before. I think irritating people is more... They are working on the currency of enraged gamers. I think they, they harvest their anguish. I mean, you're an Eldari player. What do you think of them, Ben? Are you, I, 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 I like all of the new miniatures. I, I think all of them are cool. I don't think I'll add all of them to my force. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not playing the Sam Han, Sam Han, however you want to say their name. I'm not playing them. Sammy so Hammy. Sammy Hammy. So I don't think I'll be using the Shroud Runners, but I'll definitely be using the Rangers and the Autark at some point. But Jerry has also pointed towards some of the new miniatures as well. So these are all the ones that were previewed last week at the event that we thought maybe would finally gift and, with, with some grotesque news yeah, no, yeah. Nothing, nothing like that unfortunately instead we got a new look at the avatar of Kane as you can see there who's looking pretty <sighs> swish um, comes with a couple of different weapon options because the wailing doom That's can nice. appear in different forms so you've got the, like the head sword lots of nice head options as well mm. um, so you can have it looking a little bit more like a slightly more elven version of him from like fantasy or you could play around with it being very sci-fi as well I particularly like the idea of running something like the the helmet and the uh, the axe, although the helmet and the spear does have, have a very kind of Leonidas style, mm. Look to it, which I think is pretty cool. Reminds um, me of the old epic avatar who had the same yes. loadout. Mm-hmm. This, I'm not a fan of the faced one. Like okay. it. I like that one. I like the yeah, hair but on that they one. They specifically said, and I imagine this has been retconned to Helen back, the avatar was a suit of armor that sat empty. And when they needed to summon him to war, they'd open the door, push an elf prince in who's been a bit remiss, close the door. And after the screams had stopped, the armor was animated with molten fury and would stride out. So why has it got a face then? (laughs) Yeah. He's he's about 15 feet taller than an Eldar and he's got a face. I'm going to assume it's just a big statue. But then, why would he have hair? Why would he have hair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe they threw in a named character. You know, yeah, maybe take the helmet off. You're now bulletproof. Yeah, but uh, this obviously stands way bigger than the original Mm. (laughs) avatar, who is only just a bit bigger than a Primaris Space Marine nowadays. Uh, Whereas this one, obviously, is towering, and you'll see in some of the pictures later on exactly just how big he is. Yeah, Um, are we talking like Primark sized? Uh, well, you'll see. <laughs> he's about, he's a little, probably a little bit taller than um, Robooty Girly Man. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, we also got a new look at one of the Phoenix Lords as well. So, Morgan Ra is coming back, mm. looking very cool, looking very heavy metal cover of um, 
uh, a, a rock album from the nineties. Iron Man, and even now, actually, <laughs> my, my gun um, is not deadly enough. Let's make it a sight. Exactly. You could swap that out for a guitar quite easily. You easily you? could. Yeah. It's funny you say that. <laughs> Do you know the name of it? In El- in Eldar. What? It's it's the Mugatar. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, how wonderful! Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. I like it. I like it because they haven't really changed him. Yeah, the only thing they've done is mean given, as he is. Yeah. They've just given him a coat. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. the armor, the weapon, even the back backpack, and the thing is all pretty much identical to the thirty-year-old sculpt. Exactly. So, yeah. so he's found a trench coat in the past thirty, years. and he's found some rocks to stand on. And some rocks to stand on. Not just foot on rock, foot onto rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, there's also hard. also one of the most forgotten of all the Aspect Warrior tribe, mm. the Shining Spears, mm. uh, who again haven't been updated for thirty odd years, are getting a new plastic kit. So you get this very sleek new look to the Shining Spears here. I think look very nice. Um, white if you go on white background, GW, please don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is your photographer? Uh, is it me? <laughs> yeah, uh, but. If we're seeing the Shining Spears coming out as a Aspect Warrior kit in mm. plastic, which is great to see, maybe we'll see them get their uh, Phoenix Lord, who kind of rode off into the distance and never came back. That's um, true. Here's one thing I really dislike about these. Well, the same old crappy flying bases. GW, change it. Oh, the yes, the clear ones, yeah. Especially as, as they've been doing so much more with the kind of like curved ones and stuff nowadays. Exactly. I suppose, but, yeah. Why are they on these? Oh, this is unnecessary. Mind. It's I, I imagine it's for off. balance. It's just it going to break off. Yeah. No, stop at workshop. Stop it. Just never glue them in. Your mistake is gluing them in. Yeah. If they're the same stands as the Dark Eldar jet bikes, have, well, and I imagine the they are, stands, yeah. they're ball socket at the yeah. end. So, yeah. so put I just, a blue tack on the end and just wiggle it around. Weirdly, I use hobby tack. It's yeah, a, a yeah. glue that stays tacky forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it means you can stick them on and then pivot them. Oh, and nice. then take them off at the end. Yeah. So I, I, you know, don't mind the stand. The stand's a yeah. stand. Uh, we also got the preview for Kill Team as well. So this revealed that the um, the next Kill Team that's going to be in there, at least one of the factions anyway, is currently one of the uh, the, the Corsair Void Scard. So uh, anyone who knows their Eldar will know that there are sort of the Eldari, the Ajiani, and then there are the Jukari, and then there are those Eldar in the middle. So you've got the likes space of the Exabats and the course. Exactly. Big old elf space pirates. As someone has already said, and I think they even said it in the um, reveal, why do they have a normal bird? Make it a parrot. They're pirates. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to a lot of people repainting that as a parrot. Oh, that, yeah. That might be what space pirates look like, though. In that, the 41st that millennia. That, that, and if, I mean, he's got slight vibes like that. He's halfway undressed to become a dark Eldar. So, you know, maybe he was being just a little bit edgy, a little bit emo and went to a blackbird. <laughs> Someone will paint it as a McCall, though. They that. will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so oh, this is obviously going to be another one of the sets for Kill Team, which then will graduate over into one of 40,000 as well. This also builds into something that uh, was pretty fascinating about what they just described about the Codex. So the Codex is only a couple of pages shy of the big Space Marine one, which is massive anyway. Uh, it's going to include rules for the Azuyani, so the, the sort of traditional Eldar. He's that really awesome Wood Elf character. He's, he's Scar the Falconer. That's the one. And, and the model came with a bird that was on yeah. the end of a little tether, exactly like that. Oh, and that's a nice little callback. Yeah, yeah, I assume that's what they've done before. Maybe yeah. they haven't. Maybe uh, nobody at GW remembers. 
So do you know what would be a good idea? We've done that before. No, no, no. I see they, they've maybe cycled new staff in. It's like, lads have a brilliant idea and they don't realise they've done it before. It's possible. Uh, oh, no. Uh, next thing you know, it's going to be, lads, I know what the orcs need. A big dino-style monster. <laughs> there we go. Um, as well as the rules for the Adriani in the Codex, there's also going to be rules for the Yanari in there. So it's kind of like the Triumvirate as well, which sort of brought together a whole bunch of different elements of the Eldari. There's also going to be rules for the Harlequins and the Corsairs in there. So there's everything in one book that allow you to play with everything, uh, with everything in one army, which is pretty cool. And there you go. That's how big the new You Avatar weren't lying. Is you were not lying, Ben. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's probably about as tall as some of those Gothic ruins, if you put it in perspective, which is pretty cool. So uh, a very towering individual with a big old shock of hair. When you do, I was going to say, when you take off his helmet, he is significantly smaller though. Drastically <laughs> yeah. smaller. You also find he's wearing platforms or something. That'll be the, the <laughs> most exciting part of this entire thing is those. Guardians. The new, the new guardians, yeah. Mm. Not the new guardian. The fact that storm guardians are once oh, yes. again available. Yeah, storm rather than guardians being an add on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't been available yeah. in donkey's years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, so good, stuff there for, good stuff there for the elder. I just wanted to point out as well that during the uh, preview, there was a very sort of offhand. Um, reveal of a new logo for Warhammer the Horus Heresy, which means it's going to be folded it potentially mm-hmm. more into the, the general fold of Games Workshop. There was nothing to do with the plastic set that is the best kept not secret of uh, the, the last year or so. Um, but they did also show off this massive, huge, hulking demon, uh, which is uh, Kabadur, who is the demon that um, Sanguinius fought uh, outside the walls of terror. Uh, had his back broken, spoilers, mm. but uh, if you're going to be playing out uh, the Siege of Terror, then you definitely need a massive Chaos Demon to go up against the angelic form of Sanguinius uh, on the tabletop. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, look at this lovely new plastic miniature. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's resin. Um, so, yeah, good luck, I guess. <laughs> it does look pretty. Big boy. Do, do some extra shifts. <laughs> yeah, uh, remortgage yeah. your house. Tell your left <laughs> kidney. Yeah. So, I'm, so, I'm so glad you just said how that was properly supposed to be said because me and my cockney head was going cabanda cabanda yeah, yeah. Cabanda. so uh, I'm glad you said it correctly yeah. cabanda <laughs> uh, but yeah a very impressive miniature uh, as I think a lot of people have already said um, just to show that it's going to be incredibly expensive but yeah. you know I guess what you see is, is what you get you know <laughs> massive amount of detail the thing that for me that was great was the fact that they're doing this sort of Warhammer Horus Heresy thing um a lot of people have been sort of whispering in the warp that we're going to be getting a kind of plastic set for the Horus Heresy that will include some of the miniatures that we've seen in the past released in plastic mm-hmm. uh, that came out through Betrayal at Kalth and stuff, boxed up into a new game or something mm-hmm. um, set around the Horus Heresy. It would certainly I'd make see, sense. So There was a brilliant scene from one of the novels, I think it was Devastation of Bal, where he actually broke back into the Materium but his portal was in the wrong place, so he was just left in space, staring at Bal, the Blood Angel's homeworld, just <laughs> in rage, not being able to reach it. Bah, 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 bah. There is some <laughs> detail in this, though. Well, it really yeah. was in, but is gorgeous. Just including in the wings and yeah. and it all of the skulls. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the old Trish Carden styles, yeah. in many ways, especially with the detail worked into the like skin and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, oh, this reminds me. Not next week, but the following, Total Warhammer Three is dropping. It is, yeah. 
big so, players demon yeah. <laughs> oh yeah uh trust me me and my buddies we've already got like a, a five-person multiplayer set up very nice, nice. very cool yeah. it's gonna be really fun but yeah uh some interesting news there for 40k and potentially the future of horus heresy it'll be interesting to see what the specialist games de- team do on that <laughs> uh, is it going to stay with specialist then have they said that uh well i'm Depends assuming it will do I, I would assume that it's going to be handled by the same team that work on the likes of Necromunda and Middle Earth uh, mm. and all those kind of games. I suppose the fact that there. Chuckles there is resin yes. kind of seems like it's going to stay with yeah. specialists. They'll be like, hey, you can build some traitors and loyalists, but then if you want anything else, you're going to have to buy the fine cast stuff. Well, not fine cast, but resin. Forge World. Yeah, Forge yeah, World. Uh, moving away from uh, the Grimdark future, just for a little bit, we're going to be back, don't worry. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, we also went to the Mortal Realms because there is going to be a new battle box coming up for Age of Sigma. For those people who are collecting the Night Haunt or the Daughters of Cain, there is going to be a new set coming up called Arena of Shades which will include two new heroes for you to play as. The first oh. of those is the Scriptor Mortis, which is a man who um, clearly really likes doing taxes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, the worst I'm dead, need an accountant. Uh, yeah, exactly. So he actually now uh, scribes down the souls of those that now belong to Nagash uh, and is forever taunted to do so by his malevolent majesty. Um, you also have uh, a couple of new miniatures sort of alongside him. So those are the Craven Throne Guard that you're seeing there. So the Night Haunt finally gets some more ranged attacks. Mm. Yay! I think they look pretty cool. They look like Craven Guard, as you might have imagined from the name. They kind of like hobbled around on the walls. They kind of remind a little bit weirdly of the um, uh, vultures from the Robin Hood TV show. <laughs> you know, when they had the big hunched over yes. and they were walking Yeah! Around. Concert Robin heads Hood, on them uh, yeah. Robin Hood movie, sorry, yeah, the, the Disney one. Very cool. Um, exactly. Works. They're going to be doing that through the, the halls and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is also a new miniature for the Daughters of Cain. Uh, they get the High Gladiatrix, um, who can be assembled in a couple of different ways, with different heads and, and weapon options. Uh, as a lot of people pointed out, could be very good for use as a sort of uh, Drakari character as well, if you wanted to. Mm. Um, I've already seen... Salt. Exactly. I've already seen people looking at the script on Mortis and trying to do something Blanchitsu with it for 40k, like turning it into like a big servitor or something, or like a, yeah. a servitor scribe. I think that could be really cool. Uh, so some interesting new models for both sides. Um, obviously, it's the Herald uh, herald of their new battle tomes coming out. Um, as people pointed out, the, the Daughters of Cain only got one last year, but they're getting another one. So <laughs> there we go. But, like buses. Um, Night buses, yeah. But uh, some interesting options there for Warhammer Age Sigma, building mm. on two of the um, two of the more sort of interesting and exotic factions in the game that I think uh, deserve a little bit more time and sun. So very nice indeed. There are a couple more battle tomes coming out as well in the future. Uh, the Fire Slayers and the Eisenhower Deep King get their battle tomes next. So watch out for those. And then there's two more booked in before the end of the summer as well. So um, avoiding any kind of... Uh, changes in the landscape of the universe <laughs> there should be lots of things ranging sigma players to dive into cool. but there we go Way. so wrapping up the news this week oh, then, yes. ben bring me yeah. back to my childhood so we head back into the grim dark future of jerry's path <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we dive into necromunda once more because there was another teaser trailer which was very borderlands uh mm-hmm. for the ash wastes expansion mm-hmm. So Necromunda up until this point has been primarily um, sort of focused around 
weirdly, Hive Primus, mm. uh, and the battles between the different houses as they fought around the uh, through, fought through the Undercity for Archaeotech and all sorts of different things. However, this new expansion that is lined up for later this year um, is going to take things beyond the bounds of Hive Primus and into the Ash Wastes, where you're going to be uh, heading out at the head of convoys, as you can see here, of vehicles, as these poor Orlocks are. <laughs> Give me Orlock, uh, all the Orlock right now. Yeah, uh, before they get uh, attacked by gangers and muties and all sorts of different things, I would imagine there's going to be some very dangerous wildlife out there as well, uh, in sort of like a really big expansion to the campaign nature of Necromunda. So rather than just having to fight through the tight confines of the Underhive, you'll be able to head out into the plains and undertake loads of loads of different missions there. But yeah, the thing that's really fascinating to me is that it's obviously good they're going to expand out into new gangs and a new box set. So one of the things that first came to mind was going back to some of the artwork that was shown off. I think this was in 2017, mm -hmm. where they talked about what was going to be done for the Ashways Nomads. Now, the Ashways Nomads, this was weird. this was the time that I was getting into Warhammer. Uh, they were a specialist sort of sideline gang that were kind of done as like an uh, an addition to the original Necromunda back in the day, which are very cool. I even really want, yes, oh my God, of yes. Course Jerry really? has it. Of course, Jerry Cal has it. Jericho. We have to rename Jerry's house, just the reliquary. Cal, yes. Cal Jericho and Scabs were only the first two pages of issue four. The rest of this issue is the Ash Waste Nomad yeah, Rose. Yeah the vehicle rules and the campaign so, for Necro. I, I, I genuinely think that that's going to be what they're going to be yeah. effectively reviving when it comes to this. So we're going to have vehicle rules in Why there. Not? It's already here. Well, yeah. We're yeah. Going to, you're going to have for dirt bikes and stuff. Yeah. Well, that I would imagine that's definitely going to be the case. They've already said that they're going to have that massive uh, sort of like um, land train yeah. that you saw in the trailer there. So that's going to be moving around on the tabletop. They've also said that they're going to be playing around with the idea of terrain in a different sense because it's meant to be very open in mm. the, the sort of wastelands outside High Primus. So they're going to be playing around with the kind of way that games play in that regard. I would be fascinated to see them doing things like this kind of cavalry with the weird alien creatures on them. Um, they've also mentioned, obviously, the, the likelihood is we're going to see the Ash Race Nomads. That's a given, I would assume. Mm. Uh, but beyond that, they've also talked about the idea of mutants and all that kind of thing as well. A lot of the scavs and that kind of thing at the same time. There's, there's lots of little tiny factions within Necromunda that they said they're going to try and bring back to the fore. Uh, and if, if you're a Necromunda um, lover from sort of days past, they have been talking about lots of different things that they did back then and they want to try and revive again. So, yeah. so I mean, uh, like settlement defense. Missions. Currently, is that not in Necro? Surely that was whole part and parcel of Necro. You build your settlement and you have to defend your territory. Oh, that's that's yeah, still I mean, like I think desert, 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 oh, right, right, desert okay. settlement yeah. defenses. Justin means that like a big sort of outpost oh, right, somewhere right. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not not just like you're in the middle of the the hive sump and mutants are coming up from the the sewage pipes that somebody unblocked on accident. <laughs> That'd be interesting because they've not done any of the outlaw gangs. Yes, mm, pretty much. Yeah. So. so we've not seen the spires themselves who were scumbags not seen the redemptionist not seen the scavies or scalies the, 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 the beastmasters um as hired guns the pit fighters there was there was a host a of, of things yeah. oh ratskin scouts they'll yeah, not come ratskin. back yeah. well no they won't no, they won't in the same way no, no that's all right doesn't matter <laughs> i've like 60 of them that's they have, they area, have been actually. mentioned in the lore have they, they have, yeah. Yeah. yeah but they won't come back looking like native americans no, uh, that, would be, that would be slightly awkward. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
one, all one this of, time. Yeah, one of the things that I will say about this is that a lot of people were talking in the comments, and uh, mm. I think it was, I think it was maybe this article about how there's so much you need to buy in order to get into. There we go, get into Necromunda. Yeah, in actual fact, they've they've pared it down a lot. <laughs> no. So the initial release of Necromunda was obviously it came out with the core rule book, and then mm. they did the Gang Wars books, of which there were like six or something. Uh, and, and, uh... The stat cards, oh God, trying to get... And the stat cards and all that kind of thing. And then there were expansion books and all that kind of stuff. So it was very hard to dive in and play Keep up with, yeah. Now, very similar to 40K and, well, any of the games, virtual games, really, you just need to buy the core rule book and then there is a house book that comes with that, well, that you need to buy separate to that, which is effectively your codex for your gang. So say you're playing as the Goliaths, you get the core rule book and you buy the House of Chains. Those are the only two books you will need to play the game. The miniatures themselves, when it comes to games workshop prices, they're pretty darn cheap. Like compared, like I got those Palanites for I think it was under 20 quid for that box. And that's all you're ever going to need model-wise, probably, to play the basics of the game. Um, if you want to then expand, then you are a couple of additional books you need to pick up. Like there is um there's like a, a scum book and there's the um the outcast book and all that kind of thing. Um and then, of course, you've got lots of the hired guns from Forge World and all that kind of stuff, too. But mm. the very basics of getting into Necromander now is actually probably in the best place it's been in a while. Um, and I must admit, I was looking at some stuff after playing around with the Palamite kits and going, oh, it'd be very nice to make a Goliath's gang, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be nice to do some Eshia. They're cool with all their punk hairstyles. What, what's um, your favourite gang then, Ben? Well, I, I, I kind of like the idea of the Palamites because of the idea of like the police force underneath the, the sort of not-quite-arbites underneath the, uh, the uh, underneath the city sort of fighting to control it but i'm lending myself i'm sort of i'm, I'm leaning towards the goliaths because i just love the big brute nature of them and i'd love to do something really fun and bloody with them and give them like big punk colors sort of things and like oh yeah kind of stuff. i think that'd be really cool um I also really like the Delac or Delacue, as I used to call them, because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I've only ever read these words. <laughs> could, like could go either way on that one. Because yeah. you know, I love yeah. that kind of like Come to We serve the finest rat. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think if you're going to dive into anything that's like a play grimdark, but don't have to worry about buying too much, currently Necromander seems like the best place to approach. Well, best place to approach that, I think. And um, if you're in a mood to do a bit of scratch building, scratch building your own table for it is oh, exactly, a lot of yeah. fun. Exactly, yeah. A lot of people have also said that the new starter set's really good too, because that comes with the Delac and the Escher mm. in it, uh, fighting for control of the Underhive. Comes with the board that you can play on, but obviously you can then take all those terrain pieces and play out, play it out on something bigger as well. I believe they even did things in, in some of the White Dwarfs for like solo play as well. Um, I think it was like Monster Hunt scenarios. Um, nice. I think Ash Barker was playing through a couple of them on his channel um, back during the pandemic. So they put some things in there for the uh, in White Dwarf playing solo, which is pretty cool. Um, very good for league play and all that kind of thing. And mechanically, it's not as uh, egregious, I'll say, as the likes of Kill Team, which is sort of <laughs> like a widget to do what now? <laughs> I move uh, how many pentagrams? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Necromunda still uses, you know, you know, tape measures and inches and all that kind of thing as well. So it's very numbers. Uh, num real numbers. And numbers, it even not ships. It even has stat lines that are, that are almost direct mirrors of the new 40k stuff as well. So it has the you know the four plus ballistic skills and all that kind of thing as well. So it's it's very much focused on the idea of it being quick and easy to play and, uh, and stuff like that. So 
Maybe I'm just trying to sell Necromunda on myself to myself at the moment. Justifying it, yeah. I've got the core set and an Orlock set. Yeah. I have not had the chance to play it, unfortunately. But yeah. it's it's Good a time. segment of 40k that I do love just the background and the backstory of it. So yeah. instead of being like a galaxy wide expansive narrative, no, it's just one world, one city, bad things happening. Yeah. You're a ganger. That's quite that's, contained. That's the thing that's been really that's that thing that I think really sells it to me. The idea that it you are focusing in on almost the day-to-day life of the normal citizens and gangers that have to try yeah. and survive. You a better sense of scope. Exactly. So. Oh, oh. Ooh, ooh la la. We want that on the tabletop. I'm sure they will de- yes. they will probably bring that back, you know. <laughs> so well, it's part of the land train. Exactly, yeah. Uh, oh, I should also point out as well, they put some fun stuff in there for Necromunda at the moment where you can actually have it done through a games master as well and telling a story, which is pretty cool. That's so cool. If you, want, if you want to go back to the kind of old school way of playing like rogue tradery, Necromunda style things, I've got that in there too, which is pretty nice. Um, handy, but very handy. Going back to the Ashways totally, thing. You now have rabies. You can just stop that by a rat. <laughs> going back to the Ashways thing for a second as well, um, just to round things off, they have said that there's going to be a new box set coming out for that. So that will sit alongside, I would assume, the core set for, that's available at the moment for Necromunda. Mm. There's also going to be new boxes for the different gangs, so nomads and all that kind of thing as well, muties and stuff. And then there'll be a couple of books as well. So there'll probably be books for each of the gangs and then maybe a new expansion book as well. So we shall see. Maybe it'll be a book bonanza once more. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, if nothing else, it'll be like Gorka Morka that everybody wants, just without the orcs. But there we go. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeti Raider unks for the win. <laughs> That's a whole cornucopia yeah. of news. So I think All we need news. to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, when we come back, we'll take a look at some 3D printing and Kickstarters. Okay, so we are back, and it's time to look at some 3D printing. Ben. We are going to be looking at the offerings from Raging Heroes for the month of February 2022. I will say we're nearly ready for Tuesday, so watch out for that. We're we're already past a Tuesday that was a Wednesday. We're we're past the prequel. Yeah, the Tuesday that was actually a Wednesday, but it was really a Tuesday. Yeah, but um, Raging Heroes and their Heroes Infinite um, Patreon have now extended to producing a new range of High Elves of the Eternal Summits. So pretty damn good if you're trying to build an army of awesome elves that could be uh, used as Lumineth Realm Lords, but could be used in pretty much every other game if you wanted to as well. Mm -hmm. Um, As is the case with all of their... um, Patreon releases. This one comes with a whole range of pretty epic-looking characters. Mm-hmm. Some on foot, some on the back of impressive mounts. Others, other miniatures include uh, some really awesome sort of troops as well. So you've got lots of um, fellows armed with a range of different weapons that you could use as your kind of like core of your army. You then have big monsters, and as is the case when it comes to a lot of the uh, the Patreon releases, my lord's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the ever reborn king, unless he burns to death this time. Nah. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of epic terrain in there at the same time as well. Um, Something cowbell. <laughs> well, I, I haven't actually had a look at see if there were any cowbells in this one, but mm. uh, there's some very awesome stuff in there. If you like the idea of kind of, 
very ethereal elves, I think would be the way to approach this. Lots of flowing cloaks, blowing hair, uh, and impressive magical implements. They just uh, look regal, don't they? Yes. There's a very tech techless like character there as well. Yeah, yeah there is. There's also a phoenix here that oh, yes. looks like the offspring of a phoenix and a biblical it's, angel. It's apparently Peacock Griffin mix. Yeah. It's, I it's want all some kind of healer monster in there. A gri- a griffock. A griffock. <laughs> a pee in. The <laughs> griff. No. Oh. <laughs> only, only the male. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not texting that bird. It's a, it's a it's a very impressive selection that kind of that falls into the same categories as they used in the past as well. Um, so you've got your sort of basic pledge. I say basic; it's full mm. of awesome miniatures, and then you can expand it with the Overlord pledge, which come, then comes with um, additional sort of alternative poses and stuff for a lot of the different miniatures. And then you also get things like the impressive centerpiece, as you can see there as well. So if you wanted to bring the living mountain to the tabletop as a big statement piece, then you have that option, which is pretty cool. Mm. But, uh, People yeah. pining from the grand. <laughs> Look no further. It's all floating rocks and waterfalls. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Take a climb. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Some of it I really like. Some of it not so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are fairly decent looking elite spearman no no um, cow horned helmets as well no no I mean, there's a couple of horns on top of the banner but that's about it there's there's a few overly dramatic these these aren't as, these aren't as bad as some of the other cow horns we've seen i'm not a fan of the booze gw oh, did yeah, this double, as well yeah. very work. elvish very very elvish yeah but that double do- double draw on the top is weird i all you would do is end up like with castanets <laughs> Is it, is it to fire two arrows? Nope. More G- strength G- behind it? G- no, again, that wouldn't work. Would F- physics gets in the way off. there. Um, GW did it. I want to say GW may have even had three strings on their elven bows with multiple limbs, uh, and it just looks like somebody's trying to make a harp and field, and somebody went, mm, <laughs> what are you going to do with a three-string harp? Uh, I'll sell it to the bowmen. They don't know any better. <laughs> again, here, I mean, every time you fire an arrow, you get some sort of castanet clicker. As, yeah. as the two bits hit <laughs> together. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That would be a quite interesting sound to hear if you were like on a battlefield. You just yeah. hear the clack, 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 and then loads of arrows came flying flying towards oh, you. Oh, don't worry. They wouldn't have the power to fly towards you. You'd know yeah. that the you'd know the archer regiment has once again failed to actually hit anything <laughs> as all their arrows hit two feet I like in front the, of them. I like the ones That's above the interesting. I like the ones above the cavalry, those sword masters, and they're pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Almost almost katana style blades. Almost, well, katana slice, almost like a falchion style as yeah. well. So and then the, the uh, what's it, Sashimono? Yeah, yeah. Banners on the back. So, the back banners, yeah. yeah. Very cool. I, I'm not sure about the riders for the cavalry, but I like the actual cavalry themselves. I think that's a cool take on like a a big horned deery style beast. Yeah. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah. yeah. I quite like the mounts. Yeah. <sighs> More chicken. Brain of the Phoenix. I'd love to see that uh, the Phoenix, the Griffin, uh, people who have painted pale, you know, white feathers. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, mm. it would certainly fit in with their idea of being slightly more heavenly, yes, and celestial. I think, which is pretty cool. That is cool, though. I like that. Mm. That's very nice. Just needs more eyes. 
Well, I suppose you've got plenty of eyes down there. <laughs> oh, my God. Do a, mutate, do a mutated version. Yeah, do them as eyes. Paint them as eyes. That's literally. very creepy, isn't it? Well, that, that would be full-on biblical angel then. You're just messing with rings within rings. I know exactly what they'd be painted as if that was a kingdom of uh, kings. Right, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> well, we can leave that alone, man. <laughs> leave that alone. Whoa, what? I didn't even get to say. Didn't even need to finish the game. Okay. Look, and if you two want to add a load of bonsai trees to your tabletop. Mm. Uh, they're really cool. I, like I love them. An interesting yeah. idea, especially considering how oriental the elves are sort of structured. The focus of it now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually yeah. having bonsai-style trees instead of regular straight-up-and-down trees. Yeah. I like <laughs> those. Uh, avatar. Yeah, well, actually, in a way, yeah. Very true. Well, if you look I at the, the ring segments up the top. Yes, those are the things that I really liked. I like that kind of weird stone geometry i guess mm. uh, very cool broken portals yeah broken portals or like summoning circles mm-hmm. potentially that's really nice it's very cool yeah Wacky I, fun. I, I think a few of those pieces could be nice if they were done sort of sci-fi as well because you could use those rings to be kind of like yeah. ancient wraith bone portals or something if you're doing eldari based stuff you could you're absolutely right yeah, those obelisks are a little bit yeah. more sort of Middle Eastern, aren't they? Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, or if you're planning on doing uh, the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. You too can kill Zod. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Spoilers. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best of the spy. It's the best of the Superman films. So. I, know, not, I mean, that's not saying much, but of the of the modern Superman. <laughs> I mean, we actually got to stand in Smallville. That's, yeah, yeah, we did actually. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go down the street where it was all filmed. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking uh, stuff. Yeah, but yeah, some really cool stuff there. And um, as we always say when it comes to this stuff, it looks very complicated, mm-hmm. but there is a very good community of people behind Raging Heroes. Um, over on Facebook and as part of the actual Patreon themselves and over on their website who will help you out when it comes to printing a lot of this stuff. So even though it might look daunting, a lot of it's done as sub-assemblies uh, and, and different pieces and that kind of thing. That answers uh, my question. Because so, yeah. I was about to ask, normally when they do this, obviously they have the Patreon, but they also have their own platform. Yes, over on uh, Heroes in front yeah. And in this case, these are only available from only available website, from, yeah. from themselves essentially uh, so but you can get the rest on lovers. patreon but you can't get these which is what Standing that's on um, yeah he's jumping off it yeah it's based on the um who what was the brother and sister um brothers and sisters in warren fantasy is it eltharion and someone else i can't remember their names but they basically fought together didn't they and they kind of reimagined it for um uh, Age of Sigma with a miniature that's very similar to that where one of them's leaping off the, the weapon of the other, yeah. After yeah. after my No, time. it wasn't it wasn't Eltharion. It was a different one. But anyway. Yeah, well Eltharion's the Grim <laughs> Warden of Twilight. Yeah, yeah. So. he's the one who got turned into the ghostly armor, isn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. It's spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler spoiler filled episode this week. Spoilers. I like that one though. I like that. I think that'd be cool to do if you kind of separated them and maybe had him leaping off a rock. In like yeah. doing like a parkour thing to the side of her, I think that'd be kind of cool. Or you well. could just have him landing into the side of the head of an orc. That could be cool. Just yeah. knocking just him down. Yeah. The floor is, uh, you know, realistically, it should be a 
Slaneshi Demon, probably. Yes. Because yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if they're they're going for um, Tyrion and the Everqueen there, or their precursors could be. No, it was, oh, I need to work yeah. that out. Yeah, I'm sure I'll mention it in the comments or something. They must though. have. Oh, yeah. Just let the commenters do it. It seems that's not going to do any work. Yeah. <laughs> I tried out. Fill our knowledge. <laughs> once, once they went, Eltharian's blind. No, he's not blind. He's got his eyes back. No, he's got he's a suit of ghostly armor now. He's just got, you know what? <laughs> Check, please. He definitely, he definitely doesn't have any eyes anymore, though. No, that is very true. Yeah, well, that's yeah. one problem fixed. Yeah. Can he still see? So there you are. Uh, Heroes Infinite from mm-hmm. Raging Heroes. If you fancy getting high with some elves, then you can definitely do that. Interesting way to go. Mm-hmm. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Wrapping things up this week, we have a pair of Kickstarters. Kicking off. Uh, I picked this one. You did, yeah. I did pick this one, yeah. Go team me. Uh, And this is Treasure Island by Ian Lovecraft. Now, is it because I'm such a huge fan of Call of Cthulhu or his name's Lovecraft? Like. Might be, might be a little bit. <laughs> Has that got anything to do with this Kickstarter? No, no, not in any way, shape, or form. Um, so this is a piratical uh, Kickstarter, and it's it's all encompassing, all pervasive, shall we say? It's a Treasure Island adventure module based on the book of the same name, uh, and it has everything you need to replay. As an RPG, as a tabletop adventure, or if you don't fancy doing um, the, I'm going to say, historically accurate Treasure Island, there's also the possibility (laughs) for vampires and uh, ethereal otherworldly creatures as well. And if none of that floats your boat, then there's a whole host of scenery and terrain that could be used for other games. So things like Blood and Plunder or um, Blood and Steel, which is going to be going to Mexico uh, for the colonial warfare there. Uh, these are obviously ideal for us. Mm. Multi-layer buildings. Uh, my favorite is probably as well. Yeah. My, my favorite is the ship. The ship. We'll get to it later on. Gorgeous. The ship is Cannon towers are lovely. Ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I want to do an entire table of this terrain. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I imagine you're not going to be alone in that mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because but, you've got. Like, oh, you could do a little bit Pirates of the Caribbean for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, said, it's, that's it's, gorgeous. It's such a complete one-stop shop for that story. Yeah. Um, if you need to be able to get, you know, I, I haven't seen a blind pew model to kick things off, actually, but, you know, everybody blind else is kicking right there. You know, barring him, you've got the cabin boy and you've got the various pirates Sorry. and all of the equipment required to load and unload in and around oh, the nice. Caribbean. Or leap onto and then onto a ship. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Yeah. That very much that too. That's cool. I like. That's it's, it's it's not the most impressive set. thing, but the pier set is a nice thing for making like mm. a very interesting tabletop. Because imagine yes. you've got to fight over that, but there's only certain ways to do it. And then if you want to risk it, you've got to leap over the gaps and that kind of thing. Well, everyone needs to go. Yeah. Oh wow, that's a nice. I wonder suit. if there's instructions on how to do those seals. Would you do rigging on that one, Jerry? No. <laughs> if you want the attached canvas, you're going to have to. No. 
like God invented superglue. <laughs> and here we have, so after the sort of initial deluge, we start getting into the figures. Uh, so Long John and Jim, good old Jim, he'll survive. Boy. Uh, Lady Jane Silver, so going a bit off book, Alfonso Rodriguez. Alfonso Rodriguez. My uh, father. I've seen a lot of these being painted up. This guy is there him. is there a dead Tom? There needs to be. A, I know he's not in the actual book. There needs to be a dead Tom. Why do they call him Dead Tom? Because Dead Tom's dead. <laughs> That's why we call him Dead Tom. <laughs> uh, I love it. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. these hats are hat. beautiful. Yeah. I love the Spanish ambassador. Mm. Yeah. He reminds me of, oh, I can't remember the actor's name, who played Drake in Blackadder. He, he has a very similar oh, look. Oh. You'll, you'll, you may remember him as being the proper Arthur Dent for the proper adaptation of Hitchhiker's Guide. Not these oh, other terrible ones. Yeah. Anyway, him. Oh. But then we get into the... Uh, I love that. The more yeah. fantasy-esque parts, and this is where things start really going off book. Um, the drowned, the poor drowned sailor, the what's that? Abeleth. Yeah, uh, it's a D&D monster. Yeah. Could be, but I look at that and I think Knocker for Trident Realms. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that would yeah. do the job there as well. Quite lovely. A sea yeah. hag. A sea hag and beauty. It's her when she wants to present a inviting front. <laughs> That's the one. Yes, that, that come hither, my love. Yeah, come hither. Now I kill you. And fishmen. Yes. Fish lovely, men. lovely fish. Oh, men. they're great. I did see someone try and do like sci fi fishmen one time. They had fish tanks. I have an interesting story about fishmen uh, in a Warren esque mm, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do it while I find the boot. So, uh, fishmen have always been like a little bit of a joke in sort of Games Workshop because yep. they've always said, well, we'll do fishmen. And then they never really did. And, but they were talking about it recently on a hobby hangout. And they were saying, I wonder where they got that name from. Mm. And they were talking about um, Fishmen and how it's actually been used as a joke for all the interns that come through, where they'll have it written on a board somewhere with lots of ideas underneath. And then people will come in and they'll be like, oh, Fishmen, Fishmen, we're going to do Fishmen. And they're like, no, we never do Fishmen. <laughs> and it's, it's becoming one of these things where it's just constantly there, but they have to keep asking questions about it. So they think they have to keep, they, they're wondering whether they have to stop the joke. It's becoming too serious now. Yeah, it's at the point now. <laughs> apparently some artists and stuff actually do concept work for it and all that kind of thing as well. So, that that yeah. portside house though, Ben. Sorry to interrupt, but no, dear fine. God, that is gorgeous. Huge. That is exactly the kind of place where your character, possibly the bard, if you're being stereotypical, has bedded the governor's wife and is uh, yeah. peeping out or of a window, know, running across the... Uh, it's Black step. Seals where you meet Blackbeard for the first time. True, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, whereas I immediately thought Zorro. Zorro should be leaping from balcony to balcony. Yes, yeah. yeah. Age gap here, I imagine. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, imagine I love you, Zorro. Yeah. Are you old enough to watch the TV series, Ben? No, uh, unfortunately. No, it's just those Antonio. There you go. I was thinking Antonio Ben. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, they did make a film years later. Yeah. wasn't mm -hmm. as good. Anthony Hopkins, though. There we have oh, Conquistadors. Very nice. Crew. And we should be coming up now on uh, the sh on the ship itself, um, which <laughs> is a, the pirates. a ridiculous nice. amount. 
Wow. Fabulous. I, I'm impressed he's got that on his shoulder, to be brilliant. He's a pirate. He's got a cigar hanging out, out of his mouth as well. I do like the fact that you have one person who's just mopping the floors. you got to have your crow. You've got to have a sw- uh, someone to swab the decks. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. lead yourself some problems. Then, oh, God. So, Queen Anne's Revenge. As you can see, you can make it as a full display model, and they even have, I think, Turtles. included a way of presenting it so that there's like wow. a little um, set that you can set it on with it. So, you don't have to waterline it. No. <laughs> there's a gaming option that comes with the waterline. Mm-hmm. And then both options can also be printed full or half deck so you can see inside. So, <laughs> you could, if you wanted, have this just sitting on display or making it more accessible to get between the levels on the oh, ship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there you can see there the display version sitting nice. on the little cradle as well, although this is a different ship. It's a frigate. But again, the, the same same thing applies. Waterlined version for gameplay, and then you can either print the whole thing or just half, just have a cross-section of the deck to allow you to get in and have you your players running up and down, um, ah. reloading cannons and trying to pump the bilges out. Yeah. That would be like a perfect home base for like between role playing sessions for something. <laughs> yeah. And the Nautilus. Oh. So I love that. Yeah. It, this is this is not uh, Mr. Lovecraft's first rodeo. No. Um, I really like the Feywild stuff that he's done before. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's fascinating whenever he but gets in there. Feywood. And, there you go. and just just and going to town, essentially. Um, make a snack with the floor. Yeah. The so place. skeletal camels. No. Well, it's, it's camel. no no worse than skeletal horses. No. <laughs> but where do you store the water? <laughs> just in, well, in clearly, just inside stick the a bag in it. <laughs> plenty of room there. Plenty of room. Yeah, put bags in. Yeah. <laughs> but if people are interested in diving into, not even into, I mean, the fact that it comes with a five E adventure. Is yeah, a, is a bit of a bonus. Um, if anybody's planning on doing anything, heretical, yeah, <laughs> from oh fifteen hundreds through to seventeen eighteen hundreds uh, in and around the Caribbean and Mexico, then oh my God, you're well catered for in buildings. Uh, never mind miniatures. Um, or if yeah. you want to do just some so much skirmish there. games with Cutlass from the folks at Black Scorpion, be perfect. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. quite a lot of stretch goals in this as well, like yeah. big stretch goals. I, I imagine mean, how, how nutty hit has them it went? It hasn't gone particularly nutty. It's only been up for I don't know when. The, whenever I, I, it was about half an hour after it launched. I posted it to Ben, so that was uh, Tuesday. <laughs> what, okay, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday. Maybe? Yeah, Tuesday. so so it's only been gone uh, a couple of days, and oh, come on, it smashed it. Yeah, yeah, big but time. but he had a he had an eight hundred and thirty three pound goal. He was mm-hmm. making the reach. Yeah. You know. Well, when you do good work, mm, fish bite hooks. <laughs> Fair enough. You're right. So you've got your miniatures, you've got your terrain, you've got an adventure to go on as well. Um, Brilliant. Fabulous. Say go. There are 14 days of two weeks. Get in there and fill your boots with all the mm-hmm. plunder and booty you can. Mm. Yar. Our last Kickstarter, then, Ben. Mm. So. You thought I'd ever stuck one dwarf mm-hmm. <laughs> into this show. How about you take a look at the Zilveran Skyhold from Tired World Studio? So um, while Ian Lovecraft has obviously put together a whole bunch of different campaigns in the past, Tired World Studio, this is their first campaign. But they are doing 
exceedingly good work, not cakes, but exceedingly <laughs> good work on a whole bunch of steampunky, dwarven-themed terrain for you to use on your tabletops. Um, the idea is all this is kind of matched around the, the sort of scales of 28 to 32 mil. Um, it's all been designed to print through FDM printers um, via the likes of the Prusa MK3 i3. That's the thing. And the yes. LG Saturn. Yes, they are both. Use a bit of filament. <laughs> yeah, filament. they're both, they're both uh, printers. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a really awesome selection of different pieces that could be used for the Crowdron Overlords in uh, Age of Sigma. You could use them uh, in a whole range of other steampunky style games, something fantasy, something sci-fi as well, if you really wanted to. Um, but there's some really fun little bits and pieces in there. There's the really big bits, which are kind of like uh, merchants' houses and manor houses. Then you have slightly more industrial stuff. So you've got um, kind of like engineering uh, bays and you've got uh, like Dockland areas. You've also got all the pipe work and the kind of... Um, uh, the the large sort of like alchemical things as well, sort of bubbling away in the background to try and make sure that everything stays up in the air. Uh, the other cool thing about this as well is that you, you see all those platforms, they come uh, as a separate thing as well. So if you wanted to have the buildings on top of something, you can just place them on top of those big rigs and have them placed around too. There's lots of scatter terrain at the same time yeah. as well. So there's things like the chests and the barrels, uh, and I say things like the pipes and everything as well too. Um, it's a, uh, it's a very impressive collection Rawr. and one that I think would look incredibly cool <laughs> when built into a, a, a very Sig Age of Sigma style tabletop, I think. So, mm. I wonder how hard it would be to take some of that dwarven iconography off and just do it as like a really cool planar steampunky design. If it's this, is, this is nearly perfect for something it's like Bioshock. Gorgeous. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bioshock, you're right. It dep I guess it depends how handy you are with uh, 3D editing software and, and if you have stuff, a 3d editing software that'll take the files because honestly these things are probably quite high poly mm -hmm. but uh Some yeah ones won't take it yeah what's uh what's nice about these they they might look like huge and they, i mean they are particularly big but they've been designed to work on smaller printers as well and um, so mm -hmm. you print them off in segments and sections and then you just place them all together modularly modularly <laughs> that's now a word uh, for using the tabletop so you've got all the interiors and everything as well which is quite nice um but yeah, I, I think this is just great for, as I say, Age of Sigma stuff, but it would also work for a range of other um, steampunk games as well. Like, it's it's only really the buildings that have the, the dwarven iconography kind of baked into them very obviously. Mm -hmm. So I think you could use a lot of this stuff for the likes of Volsung if you wanted to, mm -hmm. or well, yeah, pretty, much would, any, pretty, pretty much would, any sci-fi, uh, steampunky game out there, basically. So. Yeah, I would brim this stuff up a little bit and actually throw it in for a Necromunda table. You could do as well, you yeah. Could. You could. easily do that. Yeah, it could be all the gangways and, and sort You've of engineering your, your portions. Pipes and your gangways and stuff, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, We're spoiled after last week's Osmotic Meld, where it showed us that big pictures can be put on Kickstarter. Oh, I know, sad. I want, to, I want to click on all these and make them bigger so I can see them, but I can't. Yeah, I, I, I went to their Facebook, which did have bigger pictures, but that's <laughs> unfortunately, this is what we've well, got here. So. Pe people can go there themselves yeah but um, I, although I, I do like just... that it's showing they're all like pre-supported and stuff so yeah. that yes. makes for a beginner if you're just getting into 3d printing that makes this a, an ideal one for you to do i agree on. it also explains which ones work better with um uh the other style of printer so there's fdm mm -hmm. and then there's what's the other one resin res yeah so there's ones that have been signed so they can come out of resin bass it's usually the ones that are then 
it's usually the pieces that are accessories to larger pieces. So you'll, you'll print them off separately and then you just stick them all together and stuff. But it's a very well-rounded sure. um, set from uh, a group that, you know, has basically come out of effectively come nowhere, which nowhere. I think is great. So, so like, uh, yeah. A lot of like incidental pieces. You know, yeah. like we were said earlier to make the world look lived in. Even some yes. stuff with like little light poles and stuff. Oh, well, they do uh, giving it. The, the cloud boys would be great for objective markers. The gaming aids, obviously, good for marking wounds or measuring distances and that kind of thing. So, so yeah. They're even doing things like rock structures that you can place around the top. So, maybe if you wanted to have it so that these are all floating around the tops of the mountains, have these based around oh, you know, yeah. the, underneath the platforms, and you could go and mine out at the different elements of it as well. Put lots of cotton wool on the tabletop. <laughs> that mine is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. All I can think of is that dwarven is someone whoever op- operates that gate. Whenever a train comes forward, just going ah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nom nom nom. Glad I was not alone in this. <laughs> in my belly. They're fairly flying through the stretch goals as well on this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, these hadn't been unlocked when I put this uh, put the news story together earlier in the week. So, you know, come Friday now, everything's been unlocked and added into the mix as well. So there's plenty of things Brother. to pick up. So. The other nice thing about it, obviously, this is that because it's STL files that you're downloading, you know, they can add as much as they want in here, and then it's just up to you, depending on when you want to paint, uh, print it and paint it, basically. So, yeah. so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Really cool. Wheat, like mm-hmm. candy. Look, there's a, a thing with a big yeah. drill hand on the bottom of face. Mining suit. Skinny Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I Big Daddy went of. on a diet. Yeah, yeah he did. Some sort of horrendous Humpty Dumpty of death. <laughs> um, so, twenty-six days left on that one, and already well-funded and plenty of stuff unlocked as well. So, mm-hmm. there you have it. Bonus. That wraps us up for another week. It's time for me to uh, find where I've put all my stuff. I'll make sure I can get it down to Korean for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's going to be stacked up by the front door and ready to go. Uh, like I say, that'll be 1 p.m.-ish tomorrow mm. if you want to drop by and see what we're up to. Join in, in the chat. Uh, tell Pun Dancer he's not funny and that you own bot wars and he doesn't. That's probably oh. a good thing to do. That'll, that'll annoy him. Burn. Uh, otherwise, we shall be back on Sunday for the XLBS, our Cult of Games exclusive show. And if you're not part of the cult, you can come over to on tabletop.com, sign up for a 30-day trial and join us as we wet our way the wee small hours of a Sunday morning talking about all things hobby, ours and yours. Uh, if you don't join us then, we will see you same bad time, same bad channel for the weekender next Friday. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.